Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. I'm Allie, hosting you today. Delighted to be back with my dear friends, Stacy and Abby. And we are just excited to talk today about something that um, has just been on our minds and hearts for a while. We've been having kind of side conversations around this topic, and that is that there exists this idol that can come about as we're struggling with infertility, especially in the Catholic world. We can sometimes make an idol out of this fertility um, that we're seeking. And this kind of manifests in different ways. There can be a temptation to like just pursue all the treatments because having a baby is like the end all be all and we can kind of lose sight of our relationship with God. Or um, it can just uh, kind of manifest more quietly where we're like, before we know it, we're just um, taking all, you know, all kinds of pills or doing all sorts of things and we just don't feel great. And we're not really like um, being intentional with, um, I guess, just our overall health or uh, maybe other things God is asking of us. We don't always have to make this fertility seeking, um, you know, the most important thing in our life. In fact, it should never be the most important thing of our life. Our relationship with God should always come first. So we just kind of wanted to break this open today, um, kind of be honest and and kind of give that voice. If you're struggling with like either the temptation to just do all the things or um, if you feel like seeking pregnancy or seeking a certain picture of what it means to be a Catholic woman is something that um, you're having a hard time like balancing in your life, we just want to kind of speak some truth into that and let you know that you're not alone and also that it's okay not to do all the things. (laughs) It's okay to discern, you know, whatever that boundary is for you um, and your husband in your life. Like if there's a certain month that you need to take off from treatment or if you just need to set aside um, even plans for building your family in other ways, sometimes that can come with a lot of pressure. So yeah, let's just break it open. Stacy, what are your initial thoughts? Um, you've spoken so eloquently on this and <laughs> wanted to just give you the floor first. Um, I hope I can capture all my thoughts in this segment, but I'm not sure about that. This might have to be a continuing topic, but I just have struggled so deeply myself with this subject. And, um, I just like, like starting out in my fertility journey, just believe this, that I like must do everything within my power to be pregnant. Otherwise I wasn't trying hard enough and I wasn't doing what God's will was for me. And so, you know, do the, the, the elimination diets, do the surgeries, do the medications, do the medications, do the medications, do the medications. (laughs) And, um, I, I, like I thought that this was like my like Christian duty as a woman to to um sort of put aside my physical and emotional self at the expense of becoming pregnant and um it wasn't until much later um 
I I decided to take a, a break. My husband and I decided together that it was time to take a break from pursuing um, more aggressive treatments. And um, uh, I, one of our team members said something to me that that will will remain with me. Just this idea that like God isn't asking that of you. Um, and like, I, I needed to give myself permission to sort of just like allow myself to be his daughter again. And, um, and they pointed out too, that if, if this is the month you decide to stop doing treatment, God isn't, isn't like, I'm not going to give you a baby because that's the month that I was going to make you pregnant and you decided that you weren't going to do it anymore. God doesn't work like that. But for whatever reason, like we let ourselves like sort of eat up this, like this lie that if we do all the things and walk the narrow line, then maybe God will have mercy on us. But the reality is, it's like God has mercy on me right now in this moment, regardless of whether I do the Clomid or do the Fumera or like have the surgery or don't eat dairy or like all of those things. Like uh, the Lord sees you as his beloved and you are not broken. And I, and I know that's hard to understand because you're like, well, I'm going to the doctor and the doctor says there's some things that are wrong. Um, but, but that's not how our Lord sees you. He doesn't. He sees you as his daughter. And um, if nobody's ever said this to you before, um, I needed it to be said to me. So I just want to tell you, listener, I love you. And like, God is not telling you that you have to do the thing, whatever it is for you, whether it's the diet or the pills or the surgery, like it's okay if you decide that that's what's best for you. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying throw away your chart, um, but uh, maybe I have done it myself. But <laughs> but give yourself permission to just let yourself be loved by the Lord and discern, like use your discernment and what's what's good for you. And um, when when we did make that decision to like to step away um, from the aggressive treatments, um, um, it was really hard. It was really really hard because I felt like I was letting myself down and letting down my husband because I must not be strong enough if I'm not willing to 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 keep taking these drugs. But that's a lie. Like, that's a lie that Satan wants me to believe. Um, in reality, like, the Lord was just, I think, reaching out for me in, in a way that he wanted to just um, just develop just a stronger and deeper relationship of trust. And and I, I think some of those things, I wasn't trusting him. Um, and uh, gosh, I... I just, just had this idea that, like, if I'm not willing to do X, Y, or Z, then I must not like want to become pregnant enough. And that's another (laughs) lie. Like, yes, I want to be pregnant, but I also don't want to make my fertility an idol. And, and when we seek to control all the things regarding our fertility, like it's not wrong to take care of your health ladies, but, but the control, the control of the situation. And, and I know it's so hard. It's so hard when then like then in the following months, I remember receiving comments from people like, well, why aren't you trying this? Why aren't you trying this? Or if you're not doing treatments, why aren't you pursuing adoption yet? And, um, that was, it might, it hurt my heart. It, it really did. It was, it was a place of grief and mourning to receive those, 
um but also like to be able to like walk in a new light as as god's beloved um it was what i needed in that moment and um it to just refresh my relationship with the lord and so if you've never been told like it's okay to take a break i'm here to tell you it's okay to take a break it's okay to take a break and walk away forever or or just not decide like you don't have to say i'm taking a break for a month or 6 months like you can just say for now, I'm doing what's best for me, and I might change my mind about what that looks like in the future if I decide I want to try this drug again or or what. But but this is your permission if you were waiting for somebody to give you permission. <laughs> oh, so true. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I think so many hearts need to hear that message. And it's one thing you hit on is like this pressure comes from so many sides. Like it comes from within <laughs> ourselves. Um, <clears throat> some idea we have of what what we think our life should look like. Um, and then it also comes obviously also from the exterior. So it could be our doctor <laughs> kind of pushing certain treatments and, and telling us, you know, this is what it's going to take. Or it could be um, even well-meaning people, you know, who, who may assume that we are sad or um, feel empty, which, you know, is true some days, but they may, may assume those things and then sort of like put pressure on us to, we'll do the next thing, whatever that is, if it's treatment or if it's moving toward the path of adoption. Um, I think it's uncomfortable for people maybe to see that we're taking our time and resting in the Lord, like we talked about previously on an episode. So what about you, Abby? Uh, What comes to mind for you when you think about this kind of fertility idol and the, the pressures that we sometimes feel to achieve that. Mm, yeah. I I just want to thank Stacy for first saying that. Um I know we've had these conversations before um but I've never heard that truth spoken publicly, right? Like there's no line in the catechism that says dear infertile couples like you have permission to do this, you know. And I think what's hard is like, there's really no rule book. And like, maybe for like the hyper fertile couple, they're kind of, at least there is a little bit of a rule book, you know? Um, and so it can be hard to, to feel like, okay, we're just like in this rowboat, just trying to like figure out what to do. We don't have like any equipment or skills or anything to make these decisions. Um, of course we have the wisdom of the Lord, which is always sufficient. Um, but one thing, one kind of pressure as you were speaking, Ali is like, um, I think that um, couples experiencing infertility are really caught in the crossfire between the sexual revolution and the church's response to the sexual revolution, Um, where, you know, it's on one side, you've got this, like, you know, everything's on the table, do whatever you want. Um, You know, you can pursue pregnancy with no restrictions, or you can avoid pregnancy at any cost. Um, And so the church responds with this beautiful teaching about, you know, being um, free, total, faithful, and fruitful, and and this openness to life. Um, I think what's difficult is when you're not, um, I don't know, exteriorly, physiologically open to life, like it, for those of us who struggle to um, conceive or to maintain pregnancy, um, it can be really confusing. Like, what does it look like for me to be open to life? Like, what does that actually mean? Um, and I've struggled with that a lot where I've been trying to discern with my husband. Um, yeah. When, when is the time where we say like, are we just going to, am I just going to take progesterone like 
every single cycle for the rest of my life? You know, am I going to do these things? Because there is that fear. Like the one cycle I decide to take a break or the six months I decide to take a break. Yeah. The Lord is going to say, oh, well, that was the month, but that's not. Yeah. I love that truth, Stacey. Like he's merciful right now. He's not just merciful in the future. I think that's so beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, when we're we're in this crossfire of trying to discern what does it mean for me to be open to life? And one of the things that I thought for a really long time was that in order for me to be, quote, open to life, I had to pursue everything possible so that I was kind of like raised up to the level of open to life that like your average woman who can get pregnant is. Like I was like putting this like burden or this cross on myself Um yeah, out of this like pre, I remember like posting in until I left the NFP, all these NFP um, Facebook groups that were not good for my soul <laughs> at all. <laughs> and posting like, do I have to continue treatment? Like, what is that? Like, because uh, there was just nowhere to turn. Um, praise the Lord. He, um, he just spoke that truth to my heart, like that it's okay to like take a break and to step back. Um, and it's okay to say no to like another ultrasound series where I have to like take off like four hours from work, like every single week, just to like drive across town to do some super invasive procedures. (laughs) Um, It's okay to say no to those things in favor of like a greater yes. And um, just asking the Lord, like, what is, what's the yes that you're inviting me into? Because it's always a yes. Um, I'm even just thinking about there's this um, I wish podcasts, you could like show images on them. There's like this great little cartoon. Um, I wonder if I'm sure you've seen it maybe. Um, this little girl with a teddy bear um, and she's holding it. And then Jesus is in front of her and he's kind of like stooped down. Um, and he has this giant teddy bear, like huge teddy bear behind his back. And he's inviting her to like give up that little teddy bear. Um, and she's like, but I love it. Like, I don't want to let go of it. And I feel like we've got these like dreams about fertility and, and our families. And we're like, Lord, like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to let this go. I'm afraid to surrender this to you. Um, but we don't realize like what this like big, big teddy bear of whatever this great thing is that he has for us. Like, he's just like waiting to give it, but we've got to like give him the empty hands to, to yeah. Oh, the openness and the surrender to say, Lord, like, you're in control. Like I'm going to let you be in charge of, of my family life. Yeah. That's an awesome image. Um, yeah, I think, I guess speaking as someone who's not actively trying to conceive that this applies even more broadly, like, you know, we can put pressure on ourselves to, um, just kind of like figure out our plan, like our life plan (laughs) as well. Like, okay, you know, I have to go do this thing for work or I have to like make sure that I'm watching my nieces and nephews like X number of times a week or like whatever it is, like I have to have this figured out. Um, but, but really, no, again, it comes back to resting in the Lord and, and knowing that he, you know, we just continue to trust him. Like we just continue to trust him with whatever it is, maybe it's like an overwhelming sense that we have time or that our lives are wide open. Like you said, Abby, there's no playbook for this. Um, but I think if we continue to to listen and maybe that it happens in small ways, like we do get to that um, sense of fruitfulness, like 
in in that big teddy bear that we're maybe not expecting. Um, another thing is too with this idea that we have to do certain things. It also comes with like even diagnosing. So, um, putting like health issues aside, I think that I think about this a lot. Like, how much do we really need to know necessarily about even what's going wrong? I mean, hundreds of years ago, you know, they wouldn't have necessarily had all these diagnostic tools. And I think that um, there can be a pressure even to like get down to the nitty gritty of what the particular issue is. And like maybe that's a modern temptation or whatever that we have the science to know this. Um, So, you know, it's okay even, you know, again, putting aside health issues that you may want to have addressed that have to do with infertility. Like it's also okay to not dissect down to the very nitty gritty of like what is even causing your infertility. No one ever told me that, you know? Um, but it's true. I mean, there's always an element of mystery in, in how these things work. So also want to say that to people that like, <laughs> there's kind of this unwritten, like you have to figure it all out. You know, you have to get down to like, well, what's the issue? And then, I mean, sometimes you're left with still mystery. Like, well, I don't know how this is going to be fixed or, um, you know, there's just not always a solution. So I think there's a lot of temptations, medically speaking, um, like because of all the technology we have to figure out what might be going wrong. So I want to throw that out there. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think you have a really good point that it might be more of a, a modern way of thinking because of um, the access that we have to healthcare and um, to know things about our bodies that weren't known in the past. And so what does that look like in modern times when we can know things, um, but also how does that impact how we see ourselves? Um, but it also brings up this uh, this quote, which is not an exact quote. I don't have the exact quote, um, but a friend shared it with me from her time in grad school at Notre Dame. Her professor was Mark Lowry, and um, it's, I just think it's so beautiful. I have to share it. Um, it's that couples who don't do everything in their power to conceive are witnesses to the giftedness of the child. And and I think that there's there's a lot for us to be to, for us to learn. I think about the fact that a child is a gift, and um, like it's not something we can force, and it's something to be received. And and our culture doesn't see children as gift, right? Um, especially in this culture of of death that exists in our society. Um, but we can be witnesses through our infertility to the fact that a child is a gift and it's not something that, that we can force, but only something that we can receive. And, um, I mean, it's taken a lot of tears to get to this point. So like, (laughs) I like if, if, if you listening to this as like, okay, you're, you're not speaking to my heart right now like uh like uh, I'm here with you through the grief and the pain too um I know this is this is hard and um um but like there's there's hope there's there's hope in Jesus Christ and um that's just what we want to speak to is is that hope in him and that he has good gifts to give us um he has good gifts to give us even if it's not the gift that we want so badly and that we've been asking for. Yes. 
Go ahead, Abby. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, that just stirs up. I completely have forgotten about this article, but there's this beautiful article that um, uh, Tim O'Malley wrote for the Notre Dame Journal um, called The Charism of Infertility. Oh, it's so good. And there's um, he's just got this one line of, um, it is precisely the charism of the infertile couple to the church to remind us that the fundamental er- the fundamental end of marriage is not reproduction at all costs. Um, and then a little bit later, he quotes this great line um, about um, from uh, Cardinal Ouellette's book about marriage. I think it's like marriage and the mystery of love or something like that. And he talks about like um, when couples that aren't able to conceive or, you know, choose not to pursue further treatment, um, the fruitfulness of their marriage reaches um, fruitfulness like um, a consecrated religious. Like, um, and I think that we can look at, like, we might choose to stop pursuing treatment, but that doesn't mean we stop pursuing fruitfulness. Like, fruitfulness is always going to be um, a product of a marriage. Like, the Lord set it up that way, um, that we're still, our fruitfulness comes and like, we don't even have to like try, like if we're like, like loving one another and trying to follow the Lord, like fruit is just that, like the fruits of the Holy spirit. Like we don't necessarily try for them. Like we're not like, we can like try to be more gentle or whatever, but really it's like, if we are remaining on the vine, then like that fruitfulness is just going to come. So good. All the fruit. I love that. Uh, Yeah, the Lord is calling us to fruitfulness in fruitfulness that is unique as each one of us. And it's not going to look the same. Your fruitfulness is not going to look the same as the woman sitting next to you, Um, even uh, maybe a a woman with infertility. Like, and don't be afraid to bear unique fruit. Um, What you guys have been saying reminds me of another article that I really love. It's called The Gift of Infertility. It's on Catholic Exchange. I'll link to it in the show notes. Mostly it's discussing um, some of the artificial reproductive technologies and why the church does not recommend them or approve of them. But there's a beautiful, beautiful couple paragraphs in the last uh, section. It's a four-part post, and it talks about how, you know, if you are struggling with this, if you... um, if you have felt in your heart like you haven't trusted God, and I think we all have, like he will forgive you for this, um, this lack of trust, and you will, we will continue to grow through this experience of infertility, like that this, this growth and trust is actually a gift of infertility. Um, and <clears throat> we also discover, it says that um, because we can't understand why God doesn't give us what we want, we often go in search of it on our own. And I think that's what we've been talking about, this temptation to just do all the things to, to do to get that thing that we really want or that we think is the thing that we need. And it says, by doing so, we risk overlooking the shocking truth that the gift of infertility is God himself. And I think um, that kind of speaks to what you were reading with Tim O'Malley, too, that um, like God is enough to love, you know, um, and he really, he really will create new paths and new fruitfulness that we couldn't have imagined. He'll give us that big teddy bear and it'll look different than, you know, perhaps, um, perhaps what we had envisioned for ourselves, but to kind of stay open to that mystery and also know that like he forgives us when we don't trust him and that we stumble along the way, like it's okay. You know? <laughs> we, we're, we don't have to be perfect with, um, with kind of continuing to trust him with this temptation towards this idol, um, so we'll put all of those awesome articles and quotes in the, the show notes. But 
just to kind of wrap this up, just to maybe leave our our listeners with just a final final encouragement um, for their journey uh, with infertility treatment or, or whether they're not seeking treatment, what, what do you all have to just leave them with? I just want to like speak to you where you're at. So whether you're pursuing treatment or whether you're not like, just know that the Lord loves you and, and, and we love you, whether you're pursuing treatment or whether you're taking a break or whatever pills you're going to take next month. Like we are praying for you and we're here with you and um, we're walking with you. Awesome. Well, that is a great message to leave off on. And um, this has been a really good conversation. And thank you both for speaking so much truth into this. Yeah, into this I, this topic. I mean, it's just something, again, that we all need to hear. And Abby, you said it. It's like, thank you, Stacey. We all need to hear this again and again. And I know that... Um, yeah, a lot of hearts will will be touched by that message. So reach out to us, um, connect with us. If you need prayers, if you just want to reach out, um, you can find us on social media or email us. And again, we just would love to walk with you and just help you know that you're not alone, that you're loved and that God loves you. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. If you have a minute, please rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and hear about more things that we have going on. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.